0: Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. I love your Word. I love the way it comforts me. All right. So last week, what did we talk about? End times, and specifically we did an introduction to Rosh Hashanah, the fall feasts, and we know Rosh Hashanah is a Jewish feast, one of the first ones of the fall feast, and it started Friday night at sunset. It is the Feast of Trumpets, and it is when, and we talked about, Orthodox Jews believe Messiah will come. Now, we know that more than likely, Jesus was born during the Feast of Trumpets. Some of you are like, wait a minute, don't we celebrate December 25th as the birth of Christ? Well, here's the cool thing. That's probably when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she conceived about December 25th. Nine months later, Christ was born more than likely during the Feast of Trumpets. Now, uh, Christmas time, we'll go over all the proof of how we get there, but it is really easy to calculate when Jesus was born because we know when John the Baptist was born. And remember when Mary saw Elizabeth, John the Baptist jumped in her tummy. Do you remember that? He's like, oh my goodness, she's pregnant with the Messiah and Elizabeth knew it. So anyway, we're going to get into that. But this is a feast of trumpets. And they would get a ram's horn, kind of like this. And all over Israel, they would blow this, usually Friday at sunset when it began. However, this year, Rosh Hashanah started on the Sabbath. So they weren't allowed even to blow the horns till today, Sunday. And it sounds something like this. Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Sounds like a dead calf. I don't know. It is a ram's horn. Uh, I do have the big circular one, but I think I left it at one of my patients as Jewish. And so I brought it to play for the Feast of Trumpets when I visited last week, and I think I left it at uh, the board and care there. But anyway, we are entering what the Jews call the Days of Awe. It is during this time, Rosh Hashanah, that Jews all over the world, since they can no longer sacrifice in the temple, begin to do good deeds so that their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. So if you have any Jewish friends, today is the day to ask them for favors because they need to do good deeds. Right. Ask them for money, whatever it is. You know, uh, and they'll probably give you apple and honey because that's what they eat during Rosh Hashanah to have a sweet, it's, it's supposed to be a, a festival of sweetness and goodness and, and blessing and a preparation for Yom Kippur, which is coming up in uh, next week, I believe. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that next week, which is the Day of Atonement. Now, we learned last week that all the feasts, all eight Jewish feasts, some of you are saying, no, there's only seven. Well, we include Hanukkah, which is the 8th, which is the Feast of Lights or dedication. But all the spring feasts pointed to Christ's first coming. All the fall feasts point to Jesus' rapture of the church, a millennial reign, and the eternal state. And so all the feasts literally point to Christ and his work with the church and the New Covenant. So the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, is also called the Hidden Feast. It's the only feast that begins on a new moon. What's a new moon? It's when you see that little crescent, you know, that little barely you can see. That's the new moon. It is the feast that they say no one knows the day or the hour. It is the hidden feast. Jesus used that reference to talk about the rapture. And the Feast of Trumpets point to the rapture of the church. So last week we started talking about it. Uh, this week I want to finish that because we, on Communion Sunday, we end the sermon a little early so we can have some prayer. And uh, we'll be doing that uh, at the end of the service today. So we will, uh, some of you are like, thank God, you mean the message is going to be short today? You know, Yeah, it's, we're going to have a shorter message today, so that's good. All right, where do we get the any-moment rapture idea from? Who knows what verse in the Bible or verses that comes from? That Jesus could have came in Paul's lifetime. He could have came in um, George Washington's lifetime. Anyone know the verse? I'm going to give you the verses where we get it, but they call it the imminent return that any moment that the rapture could happen any time, even today. Folks, last week we talked about and demonstrated the rapture could not have happened prior to 1948. Why is that? Because once the rapture occurs, the false messiah comes on the scene and he makes a treaty with many like Trump is doing with Israel today. It is all about the Jewish people and they weren't even a nation to be able to enact a treaty with till 1948. So it's impossible that that could have happened prior to that. The verses they get that any moment rapture are literally, there's three. And they're repeated throughout the New Testament. The first one is Matthew 24, 42. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. The second one is Matthew 25, 13. Be on the alert, then, for you do not know the day or the hour. And like that in Matthew 24, it's repeated, for this reason be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you think not. In all of those passages, before he says that, Christ gives signs that would have to happen prior to him uh, rescuing the church from the wrath that is to come in the last days. All those signs, he ends his discourse with the signs with, but you don't know the day or the hour. Well, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, is the feast that the Jews, that phrase, still use today. It is the feast that no one knows the day or the hour. You see, in Jerusalem, they have two witnesses as close to the Temple Mount as they can be. And they have trumpets or ram's horns, and they watch for the crescent moon. And back then, no one would know the exact day the crescent moon would appear, but they knew the signs, so they knew approximately within two or three days, we're almost at the new moon, so we need to get ready. So they start watching in the sky above. Remember in Matthew 25, after Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour, all the Jews that heard him said, Rosh Hashanah. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about, the Feast of Trumpets. And he says, Jesus... After that, when you see these things begin to happen, lift up your heads, your redemption cometh nigh. That's the rapture of the church. Well, folks, we're not lifting up our head looking around because some of the signs haven't been fulfilled. We're going to get into that in depth next week, all the signs that need to take place. And literally, there are things that the world is preparing for right now. Like the mark of the beast, like a global government, like a one-world system and all the things that are happening. Like Russia aligning with Iran and Turkey and Syria, which is happening today. Like China being a power, uh, the the uh, king of the east that rises up, that will oppose the Antichrist government. Uh, all these things are beginning to take place. And we're going to talk about all those cool things. But Jesus said, when you see these things lift up your head, your redemption, the rapture draweth nigh. Those men in Jerusalem on Friday, and they probably started Thursday, looked for the crescent moon. And they look all night, they take shifts, the priests are looking, they're lifting up their eyes, looking for the crescent moon, and when it appears, they blow the trumpets and the feast begins. No one knows, though, the day or the hour, but they do know the season. Are you with me? So Jesus said, when you see these signs, lift up your head, I'm coming to get you, to rescue you from the wrath that's going to be poured out on the earth. The other verse they use is that Christ will come like a thief in the night. Well, no one can prepare for when a thief's going to come. There's no signs. There's, it's not like the thief puts a sign on your door. Hey, tonight about midnight, I'm going to break into your house and steal everything I can. Now, that would be pretty cool because then we would be ready for the thief. But you can't be ready for uh, something that is a signless event. And since Jesus comes like a thief in the night, well, there's no signs. It, it's going to shock and surprise everybody. Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes on. They say it'll surprise everyone. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2 says, For you yourselves know full well That the day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord begins with the rapture and ends with the final judgment. That the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come on them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Oh, but the next verse. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day would overtake you like a thief. Meaning, there are signs that Jesus gave us. They're in Matthew 24, Revelation 6, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and Joel chapter 1. There's a few other places. Daniel chapter 11 and 12 gets into it as well. But the idea is this. Since we, the remnant bride of Christ, the church, have the signs given to us, it will not overtake us like a thief. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4, it says, Hey, you Christians, you know the signs. This event is not going to overtake you like a thief. That's why Jesus said, When you see these things, lift up your head, get ready. I'm going to rescue you from the wrath that is to come. All right, so what are the signs? Everything happening in the world today. And next week, we're going to go through all the events that have lined up since 1917, which the end time curtain began. Who know, Who remembers why? What happened in 1917? Yeah, the Balfour Declaration, where Britain called Jews back to the land of Israel. They had taken over the land Palestine, which, uh, by the way, the Romans renamed it Palestine. It was known as Israel. Even up to 70 A.D. when Titus destroyed the temple and and started the great diaspora of Jews around the four corners of the earth. But God said in the Old Testament, in the last days, I'll draw my people back to the land of Israel, the land that I gave their forefathers. In the last days from the four corners of the earth, I will draw them back to the land and they will make the desert bloom. Guess what happened in 1917? They were drawn back to the land. Jews from all over the world went back to Israel. And from 1917 to 1948, they established themselves. They still didn't take over Jerusalem. 1948, they became a nation against all odds. 1967, they again recaptured Jerusalem, and they became the legitimate biblical state that God really had designed. So really we could say the rapture couldn't even have happened until 1967 because even though the Jews were in the land and they were still a nation, they didn't control Jerusalem. And the Bible, you know, have probably heard is a tale of two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem represents God's people and God's city, and Babylon represents Satan and Satan's city and the world. This tells us plainly that it will not overtake us like a thief, but to the apostate church, it will. And know this, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord and our gathering together to him, see to it that you're not quickly shaken or disturbed by message from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Speaking of the rapture. It will not come, he goes on in verse 3, unless the apostasy comes... First, that's the falling away from truth. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of destruction, who goes into the temple displaying himself as God. That's the Antichrist, the false Messiah. Next week, we're going to talk about all these signs. But there's two things that has to happen. First, the falling away, and Jesus in Matthew 24 tells us when the falling away occurs. It says, you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. At that time, many will fall away from the faith and betray one another and hate one another. Folks, that is when the apostasy happens. So that apostate church in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, the rapture will overtake them like a thief. It says, so remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come to you. To the apostate church, Jesus said, I'm going to come like a thief. You're not even going to be aware that I'm coming. Do you know there's many churches that don't teach or believe in the rapture? Do you know that? In fact, they're called all millennialists or preterists. Uh, Some even post-tribulation, they think the rapture happens at the end of the seven years of of difficulty that the world is going to face. These people are not going to be ready when the false messiah comes on the scene. Many will say he is Jesus Christ. You see, the Antichrist is going to display himself as Christ. To the Jews, he will be the messiah that never came. We know Jesus fulfilled all 300 or so prophecies about who the Messiah was. He is the legitimate Messiah. But the false Messiah, they, the Jews will proclaim, is Messiah. The apostate church will think it is the second coming of Jesus Christ because they don't believe in a rapture. The Muslims that have a treaty with Israel through the hand of the false messiah, the Antichrist, will think he is the Mahdi. Yes, they have eschatology and they think a savior is coming, the Mahdi. And so the apostate church will think it's Jesus. The Jews will think he's the real messiah. And the Muslims that make that covenant with many by the hand of the Antichrist will think he's the Mahdi. That's how he is going to form his global government, and even though nations will maintain their nationhood, they will all pledge allegiance to this global system. Cash will be done away with, and he will enact a mark, an etching, literally in the Greek, for your hand or forehead, and you can't buy or sell unless you have that chip, we could call it, an etching on your hand or feet. To the apostate church, the rapture will happen like a thief in the night, but the inference in Revelation 3 is simply this. To the apostate church, it says simply, if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know the hour that I come to you. The converse of that, if you are awake, if you're part of the remnant bride of Christ watching the signs, you will know. It will not overtake you like a thief and you will be ready endure to the end so matthew 25 is the parable of the 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom remember in matthew 25 they knew the day they just didn't know the hour and that's how all jewish weddings go so they went out matthew 25 starting at verse 1 and 2 they went out to meet the bridegroom they knew the day and they went out to meet him they left probably early in the morning because they just didn't know what time He was going to come. So they would have this joyous celebration. Usually it would be by a bank of a river or uh, by a lake or some beautiful place in the wilderness. They would go out and wait for the bridegroom. The bridesmaids would celebrate and have a party all day as they knew the bridegroom was coming to get his bride that day. They just didn't know what time. Well, in Matthew 25, the bridegroom delayed to the midnight hour want you to consider that. A bridegroom would have never done that to his bride. Make her wait till midnight? No, usually he would come when the first star appeared at sunset, the most beautiful kind of enchanting time of the day, that, that sunset beauty where the stars are about to, and back then, believe me, without pollution and all the junk, it was spectacular. You know, you see pictures of, like, the Milky Way and all this stuff. They probably, with their naked eye, could see a lot of that. Have you ever been up in the mountains and saw the Milky Way? Just spectacular. So they didn't have any impure air or whatever. So, I mean, the bridegroom would come riding up as the sun set, the star appeared, and a joyous celebration as the bridegroom took his bride back to his father's house. But no, this bridegroom in Matthew 25 made her wait to the midnight hour till it's cold and dark and dangerous. You see, back then there were thieves, there were robbers, there were all the wild animals that would come. Well, the bridegroom would never allow his bride to go through any difficulty. Huh. Now, I want you to note this in Matthew 25. The parable is very clear. Five wise, five foolish. They were all waiting for the bridegroom. They all believed the bridegroom was coming. And note this, they all had their lamps, and they were all lit. Symbolically, this is scary, because it sounds like they were Christians with oil in their lamps that were lit, but they weren't ready to endure to the midnight hour, to the end. Over and over in the New Testament, we are commanded this. He who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus said, you, church, will preach the gospel as a testimony to all nations, then the end will come. Paul in 1 Corinthians wrote, hey, Jesus is going to confirm you blameless to the end, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. The end is the end of the church age, the rapture of the church. It begins the day of the Lord. It is what Rosh Hashanah really represents. All right, so what do we got? We've got about five minutes. Next week, we are gonna dive deep into this. I mean, we are going to look from 1917, all the signs that have happened prophetically that have already been fulfilled, what's going to be fulfilled next, and what the Day of the Lord and titles will cover the, the week following. So we still have two weeks of this. Next week, all the signs, and by the way, that is the best way to witness to people. When you can say, you know, Russia aligning with Iran and Turkey and Syria and these other nations, that was predicted in Ezekiel in the Bible, you know, almost 3,000 years ago. In the last days, there's going to be this alliance, and they're going to come against Israel. In fact, the world's going to be against Israel, and now we have the United Nations, and they're all against Israel, except now because of Trump, us. Believe me, we were against Israel. We were not trying to establish Israel as God's chosen people and, and have all of this. All of these prophecies are coming together. It is amazing. Jesus, in Matthew 24, 36 Said, but of the day or the hour, no one knows, not the angels in heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. What do we know about the days of Noah? Look around. Just turn the television on. Everything you see in almost every television show, every movie, all the, all the, the smut that is out there is the days of Noah. Our culture rioting, and being selfish, and selfishly ambitious, and they can't get along, and there's racial divisions. Those are the days of Noah. You see, love, Jesus said, in the last days will wax cold. And I don't know if you've seen some of the hurtful, crazy things people are doing. I mean, it is like who in their right mind would do that? That's the key. No one would. Rosh Hashanah is the feast associated with the day of the Lord It's the feast that no one knows the day or the hour it began Friday at sunset. It ends tonight at sunset Rosh Hashanah was a time to prepare for the day of atonement Guess what the day of atonement is in prophecy? You know who's the king of the world right now? Satan is Jesus was tempted Satan said you bow down to me I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world I'll give you the world back at some point at the seventh trumpet during the trumpet judgments Christ finally his atonement for all the world is complete and he takes back the world he atoned for the world and he takes it back not until the seventh trumpet so Yom Kippur points to that day preparing Christ for the millennial reign we'll already be in heaven And Join the marriage supper of the lamb, which I can't wait So this Rosh Hashanah it is appropriate that uh, uh, Colgan and Austin and Avery are getting baptized Because it's a day. It's a fresh start for the Jews They begin their new year on Rosh Hashanah even though their real new year is in like uh, What is it February or March? April? I forget. It's it's one of the spring feasts. The real New Year, but this they actually call it the New Year, the Feast of Trumpets, because it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. This afternoon at four o'clock in Dana Point, we're going to be doing a baptism. Uh, we will provide pizza. Please bring your own beverages and snacks, and um, it should be a great time. If you have your fishing license, bring a pole. You can fish. Okay, so we gotta, We got to end here. Let's see. Oh, man. Ah, we'll cover it next week. Anyway, why talk about the feast? Because in Colossians two sixteen it says, let no one judge you by meat or drink or in respect of a holiday or feast day or of the new moon, which is Rosh Hashanah. That's exactly what he's referring to. Or Sabbath days. These are all a shadow of things to come. Rosh Hashanah points to the rapture. Actually, one of the uh, ideas that they have, it points to Isaiah when Isaiah talks about Messiah coming. Let the bride uh, come out of her chamber and let the groom come like the moon or the sun uh, to the bride. So Rosh Hashanah points to the rapture of the church. We're going to go through all the signs and all of that next week. And restores my soul. thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson if you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu God bless you as you seek and serve him remember, stay the course and we'll see you next week I love your word. I love.